Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show, we'll revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Rosen, along with the man who once defeated Hervé Villages in a two out of three falls match, wrestling match after an intense day of filming Fantasy Island, Ike Eisenman. Ike, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's only because he conceded. Um, <laughs> he's a tough cookie, man. <laughs> and, and I'm pleased that you are wearing your pop culture retro t-shirt today. <laughs> so, yes, I've got mine. It's hard. It's hard to see Jonathan's, but you can see mine. But of course, every, everyone out just listening to audio um, won't know what we're talking about. But it's our new logo, our new T-shirts. We're all excited. I'm finally dressed up for for the job. I've got my uniform on, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, as you can see again, not forty, but if you could see by my background today, we are going. I'm really excited because we decided to talk about the cartoons that we loved as kids, and. People don't realize this, and I, I tell my kids all the time that it used to be a time that cartoons weren't like you couldn't just turn on TV and watch cartoons. <laughs> it's like it was a special moment to wake up early on Saturday mornings and get the whole slate of cartoons because they weren't present. It wasn't like an option like now. So we got I got TV guides. Always look for which cartoons were going to come up. the Friday night before the new season. I don't know if you remember they had all these specials. From the network shows that would introduce the following Saturday's cartoons. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that when they did that? I don't. I don't really remember that. That's why. Um, it, it, that's why this is interesting because, like, you 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 remind me of these things that I don't necessarily recall. So I don't remember that, but I certainly do remember planning my entire Saturday morning around the television. And that, that I think that when I, I think that was like the '60s through '80s. At the end of the '80s, it really stopped. It was like no more Saturday. I don't think Saturday mornings was was the event that it was, you know, for me growing up, because I, I think it really stopped. And that's when you started having all these cartoons like everywhere. They're like, you know, channels of cartoons and yeah. things. And like, I think that's when Disney started coming around with their with their programming and you could get cartoons more frequently. So it really was an event. You know, I, I would get up like, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday to sit, <laughs> just sit in front of the TV and watch cartoons all day till like noon. Well, you, you're more hardcore than me. I, uh, I, I wasn't up that early, but sure. But you know, it was just, it was that thing. It's like you get up, turn on the TV, um, pour a bowl of cereal and plop down right on the floor, like right in front of the television. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. There were some interesting things and we'll talk about it later in the show. What happened in the eighties to sort of shift all the dynamics about animation, but that's, that's for later. For now, we want to cover like the, the amazing, God, the, the 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 overwhelming number of classic cartoons that have been on since you know the fifties and sixties. It's just, it's really kind of crazy because when I started looking them up, of course, I immediately just spelled out all the titles that I was, you know, obsessed with and watched all the time. But then I started searching for them just to see, and a lot of titles came up that I'd forgotten about. Um, yeah, same. Which were amazing, and they're they're just even, shows that I watched too that I liked. Watched, oh yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm I'm. You're going to bring up many more probably than than, than I am, uh, because that use that's usually the case. You're a bigger consumer than uh, than I was, but I definitely. Well, I watched them. You were in. You were in shows. I watched them. So. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there yeah there you go there you go there you go but yeah it was just it just it amazed me how the 60s was uh you know animation grew and grew and grew but it just it just seems like the 60s is, was really when it caught on mm -hmm. and and it seemed like it started with uh with with the flintstones i, I you know I, I know there were other cartoons there's, there's a lot of you know cartoons guys have a history of course going all the way back to the beginning of filmmaking so that's it wasn't like it was something new in the 60s but but original shows produced for television 
it just seemed in my mind, and I don't know historically, I didn't really read read this, but it seemed like it 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 centered around Flintstones and the huge success of that of that show because it was a prime time show. You know, that wasn't a right. Saturday that, morning show; it was a prime time. Mm-hmm. They call it an right. animated sit. Well, today they'd call it an animated sitcom. Um, and you know, again, you know, we used to watch it. It was just a funny, funny show. And one of my favorites, and it remained a favorite of mine that I watched. I've watched forever, as long as I continue to watch cartoons. I was watching the Flintstones. Well, the Honeymooners uh, knockoff, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, well, of course, yeah, right. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, knew that, but it wasn't in my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So you watched it. You watched it. You watched it during when its initial run on on primetime. Yeah, I seem to remember watching it because I know it. I guess it ran from 1960 to 1966. So I would have been four years old towards the end, but it still it went right into reruns and syndication pretty quickly. Right. I don't think That's it stayed off the air for very long. So I was exposed to it whenever it was on television um and it you know it, it could be a false memory i have just because it was so much a part of my viewing experience growing up that maybe i didn't see it in prime time but i did i felt like i felt like yeah there were there were nights when we were what we were watching that definitely watching that show but it's i, I can't i can't say for certain <laughs> i never got the flintstones like yeah i mean that was before me but I, it was like definitely there growing up i mean i watched it constantly that and the Jetsons you know the sim and I, I remember the big event when they had the Jetsons Flintstones crossover I was yeah. like all into that oh yeah <laughs> but, oh yeah I remember that too yeah. right I but I did I did watch it religiously also I mean that was one of the shows that I did love growing up and it was but me it was like you know a, a weekday afternoon type thing um it wasn't one of my Saturday morning things so that I you know wasn't on then really yeah well I you know I mean for me I like the, uh, the, the adult humor. I mean, it, it yeah. was, it was adults acting like, like actually kind of adults acting like children, you know, which is, which is really funny, but it was just funny, funny, funny stuff. I tend, well, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll cover what's what we liked and didn't like about various, various shows, but I, I preferred, you know, the, the, the entertainment value being more on an adult level than um, necessarily the ones that catered to children. Um, well, speak, speaking of which, I mean, look, I was just looking at some of the things in the 60s. You had one of the best ones for that is the Bullwinkle show, the Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh, for sure. I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And that was that was another one. I mean, just absolutely um, rich with adult humor, for sure. Not that I got every joke, but you know, yeah, (laughs) I didn't get the jokes then. I got them much more later on. Oh, sure. Well, it's something that could be appreciated as you as you got older. (laughs) I loved all the the Dudley Do right there, the Sherman and Mister Peabody, all all the ones that were in that uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle one, and George of the Jungle. So yeah, yeah, every single one of those. I I I bought the sets later on. I bought the Rocky and Bullwinkle sets on DVD, and so I, I still love the show it's yeah. such a fun show to look back on and watch well I, I that's what i think i don't know the, the 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 you know yes the classic nature of these shows and their continued popularity at least from a nostalgic point of view or a pop culture point of view i think is solely rests on the fact that they were trying to appeal to grown-ups as much as you know entertain kids kids with animation i, I that was the key and when things started shifting more towards you know, I'm going to bring up Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, I think, being much more geared towards children and not so much uh, the grown-ups. It's when it started to lose me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to me, all right, Scooby-Doo, and that came to that same decade, right? I think it was late 60s, Scooby-Doo, was it? You know what? I didn't. I did not look up. Uh, yeah, the um, the chronology of of the, of, of Scooby-Doo. Uh, I'm almost certain that it was like late '60s, and Scooby-Doo to me is in is definitely in my Mount Rushmore of car- cartoons. Oh, it's one I, of the. It four. is. It is for many people. <laughs> I know that. I totally. I totally get that. Um, I, I'm just outing myself as I always do as being a very eccentric <laughs> child. I just. <clears throat> You know, I don't know. I enjoyed watching it. I, I in my notes I wrote down thought Scooby Doo was silly, but watched it anyway. You know, because 
because because you know there's a point also a point at which with limited entertainment that's the cartoon that's on now you don't have a choice so i'm gonna watch the cartoon that's on now even if i think it's silly so yes i was exposed to a lot of scooby-doo but the thing the thing with scooby-doo is i out of all the cartoons that decade i think that's been the most enduring because it's still here they're yeah. still they're still making new series of scooby-doo um and they still make new movies i think like two or three times a year they come out with new scooby-doo movies yeah. uh, and every single time one comes out i see it pop up on amazon and guess who's purchasing it <laughs> <laughs> that's great I, I buy everyone. I love every single Scooby-Doo. I love every, almost every version of the series. Uh, you've not, you've not seen them in some time, I'm assuming then. Right? No, no, it's, it, admittedly, it's been a very long time. <laughs> they have um, like, no, yeah. they had this different version, like in the past, they had Mystery Incorporated series, which is like kind of creepy, like a, uh, every it wasn't like a standalone each episode. It was a standalone, but they had like a thread weaving, you know, a season long thread of a show. Mm. They had the the Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which I like. And then now they're doing the uh, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, which is like, I think, current, which every 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 episode is like a different guest star. Formulaic guest star, celebrity guest star appearing <laughs> on them, on it, helping solve the mysteries. So like I said, I am still watching Scooby-Doo. As you see from, that's that's my background today. That's my virtual background. Yeah. I love that show so much. <laughs> it's just something about it. Well, I, like I said, it's been, obviously it's been that way for a whole lot of people. And I'm not, you know, when I, when I, when I say this, I'm not disparaging the show. It's just that that was, that was my um, little oddball brain, you know, when I, when I was a kid, because I was thinking back on it when, when we first talked about just doing this as a topic, my head immediately went to my favorite cartoons, period, growing up. And, right. and I'll just I, talk I about those too. right away. I mean, you, you really, I, I was... I was I loved the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, um, and 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 those cartoons, um, and the Tom and Jerry's from MGM, and and I think I gravitated to those because they end up getting they sort of end up getting, you know, compared to the newer animation, the Hanna Barbera animation, and I was an animation freak. I liked high quality animation and and well drawn characters and well well drawn action and. And, and those cartoons are just, I mean, even for me, more so than the Disney uh, shorts, um, in spite of how great Disney's animation was, those seemed to me the, th the, the, the um, truly the height of, of cartoon animation for me. And so I was in love with those forever and still am today. I, uh, the, the Bugs Bunny, you mentioned the Bugs Bunny. And Tom, Bugs Bunny is another one that was always on. Yeah. You know, again, like the Flintstones, it was constantly on like, you know, afternoons. So I, I would always be able to watch all of them. You know, I, I love Bugs. I love Daffy and all those things. Tom and Jerry to me is, is a thing. I never got into it as much. And I'll say why, because that it was a lot, a lot like the Tweety Bird and Sylvester thing. I understand that Tom was trying to catch Jerry. I understand. That. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, I thought, I always thought, like, and I'm going to say now, now I'm an adult, I could use these words. I always thought Jerry was like a little bastard. <laughs> I was like, you know, the things that he did, and they had the, th the things that he did to that cat. I mean, like, you know, putting it in boiling water, chopping him up <laughs> with a knife, like the pieces. <laughs> I thought, this is, I hate this little mouse. <laughs> oh, it was a cruel and violent show. There's no doubt about it. I mean, or, or the cartoon. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But again, I I like I just liked watching the quality of the animation. I think I sort of distanced myself from the actual subject matter. But yeah, Sylvester and Tweety Bird is kind of this, the the same thing in a way. Because you know, yes, you've got these two cartoon characters, and one wants to eat the other one. I mean, that's just the bottom line. He wants to catch him and eat him. And if he succeeds, that's the end of the show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and and I especially with Tweety Bird, it used to I used to just absolutely cringe when Sylvester got him in his mouth. No. You know, he he because that happened more more times than yes. you know I care to think. And then of course Tweety 
breaks free or gets out in some way but i just thought oh my god this cat like is actually dynamite in the mouth <laughs> yeah or something or chipping away at his teeth with a chisel and a small hammer i mean it's just horrendous stuff but i think that, again that just went to i just i don't it's 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 like three stooges that slapstick um physical comedy that that we you know it goes all the way back to good grief you know vaudeville the very earliest days of of theatrical entertainment and comedy it's like beating punch and judy there's a punch and judy yes. that's the original show, original puppet show a man mm-hmm. a, a man beating his wife yes. and his yes. wife beating her husband <laughs> with a stick that's where you know and of course it just it's 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 a weird human very <laughs> I don't know, very strange human. Look, look how funny this domestic abuse is, kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, yes, it's hey, wow, you know. So okay, we got a whole lot deeper than I anticipated talking about cartoons. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, so yeah. No, Roadrunner didn't bother me as much. I because I liked because that was the setup. It was fun to see Wiley Coyote get, you know, hurt somehow by his own inventions. Yeah. And you know, by the acme. And first of all, Acme must have terrible reviews on like Amazon because every one of their things. Like, <laughs> yeah, none of them work. <laughs> yeah, they don't work right. But yeah, that was another show where the coyote wants to eat the road, eat the bird. He wants, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's it's. Well, then there's Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. It was all about one character wanting to kill the other one at the kill end the of other. the day, <laughs> and they just they're 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 never able to from one reason or another. But gosh, that's I just oh, I love those. I love them. And now a lot of those cartoons are being placed. And I should you know this is going deep. A place with like warning labels for the violence. It's incredible to me that yeah. they have like things on there now that kids can't handle this. You know. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah, which I, other I, ones in the sixties did you like? Which are the other ones oh, you grew up on that I? I um, well, the Jetsons, of course, that's in there. I mean, just running through titles, Un- Underdog. I loved Underdog. I loved Underdog Speed, as well. Speed yeah. Racer was a huge favorite of mine, and that was kind of probably mine and a lot of people's introduction to Japanese yeah. animation. Um, the Herculoids was one I was I, really fascinated I by, well. and that was a short short-lived series and i know it just ran a lot in syndication again back when cartoons were running Mm -hmm. but for some reason that that one which is a very strange uh cartoon i liked it because it was very comic book like um in terms of the drawings the animation the characters it reminded me more of comic books than just animation and not that i was in you were very into comic books i know i wasn't i was into the artwork of comic books um to a certain extent um in my youth and so that's what attracted me about that but i mean you know one of my absolute favorites and it's funny when i was looking up lists of 60s cartoons maybe because it's not a cartoon but it is animation was gumby i think gumby was one of my absolute favorites and and i think you know because it's animation it qualifies as a quote-unquote cartoon um at least in in my mind but that had to be my one of my absolute favorites uh, just by the way, pop culture retro self promo. If you want to talk about Gumby, Allison Arngram's mom did that, and we talk about that in that episode. So if you want to go yeah. look at that, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh man! But but did you did you see the Speed Racer uh, movie when it came out? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like that film. Okay, I did too. All right. Oh, I'm, glad has, to hear, I'm actually glad to hear that. No, I like it as well, and it has first of all. Speed Racer has one of the most the catchiest cartoon theme songs, I think ever. Oh sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. No, I loved the film. The what the Wachowskis did with that, and I thought it was amazing. Well, it seemed to make sense. I mean, their whole background is steeped in um, Japanese animation, and and um, and and you know their 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 stories seem to come out of the the lore of of that of that culture's entertainment and so it just it seemed it seemed to make sense i thought they did a really good job with it and i i really enjoyed it but i'm I a, enjoyed Wachowski, it as well. a bit of a Kowski freak just off topic have you <laughs> well, seen cloud have you seen cloud atlas i i started watching it and i never finished it yeah <laughs> i heard it's a bit of a challenge but man i it's become another uh, you another really film, like it film all the way film. through 
Well, I've seen I've seen it like four times. So yeah, I liked okay. it. But it's it's weird. To... It's very strange. It's very strange and very out there. And it's a different, very different kind of movie, even for them. So it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. But anyway, that's it. Enough of the Wachowskis back to <laughs> back to cartoons. <laughs> well, um, you just mentioned comic books, and because one of the ones that I love from the 60s, again, was I didn't get to see it orig- you know, originally, but it was on all the time. Man, why you know, Weird Man Spider-Man, you know. Uh, um, and they had all the Fantastic Four. They had Thor. So they had all these cards. And the, the animation was terrible. because It was like a lot of times it was just like stills moving <laughs> across a, a background. So it was the animation was not great, but I love that cartoon. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, I didn't because I wasn't it. I wasn't into the comic books that deep. So I, you know, I, 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 I didn't. It, it wasn't a big deal to me to see Spider-Man sort of come to life on screen because they really were they were absolutely off terrible animation and it was um, cheaply done animation really cheaply yeah, done animation yeah <laughs> and yeah so there, there was there was no draw um to that for me but i but i i remember the theme song you know yes work again another great theme song word, so word many for word Yes. Yeah, G- Gumby is another one. I mean, I, I, it, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I was walking around singing it in my head, getting getting my <laughs> thoughts together for this show. And as a matter of fact, this is just a very, very, very wild, weird piece of personal trivia from my life. In the uh, late '70s, um, like '79, '80, um, my friends and I actually i don't know we 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 were we we were really into gumby we were watching the show we were talking about gumby several of them were musicians and one of us threw out this wild idea about doing a punk a punk like a punk version of the gumby theme (laughs) yeah and and it went from oh my god that's genius we should do that we should do that we should do that to actually we actually did it um I we got it. the we got the rights <laughs> to the theme from whoever owned it yeah I, I i haven't looked it up we actually um we actually we actually recorded it and um had it pressed on a green vinyl 45 um <laughs> i created I, I did the artwork for the label and the sleeve and um we actually got airplay on Really? A, yeah, a late night. There was a guy. There was a guy in Los Angeles. Gosh, oh shoot! I should have written his name down. Doctor Demento. Oh, I, he, I know that. Of course. Well, yeah, because he was like the original one of the original uh, disc jockeys um, with a large syndicated show that did alternative mm-hmm. music, and he was in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, he was late late at night uh, when his when his program was on. And he ended up picking it up and playing the bloody thing. So we, wow. I, I, I can actually say I produced a record that got airplay. <laughs> oh, wow. My brother sang the lyrics and it was just, it was just like driving, like, you should see it with Gumby can do today. Gumby. It was just nuts. It was absolutely nuts. But I mean, these were great musicians. It was a really good recording. And somebody somewhere out there, because we actually sold some and we sold some at, you know, Tower Records and, and it was, it, it was very, uh, it was very, very fun. But, but yeah, we, um, that's how much we all liked it that we just, do you still have the recording? Do you still have I, the record? I don't have one. I do not have one. Oh. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I know it kill it kills me. It kills me, but somehow and all my personal memorabilia that just like, I don't know, ended up oh, in the wrong man. box that, that, that went away. <laughs> um but that was a blast so even those uh, the theme songs of these of these cartoons yep. are, are are bigger earworms you know for me than 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 you know popular music uh actually yeah no yeah. i agree I, so many so many <laughs> we go we could just do a show on cartoon theme songs but there yeah. was, i mean it there was so many great ones and <laughs> many of the ones that i like but you know just even talk about the the flintstones had such a great uh <laughs> You know, theme yeah. song too. So you know, right? Oh yeah. That that decade produced a lot. I mean, I uh, talking about cartoons. I mean, I really came into it like more in the seventies. You know, that was my era, I guess, starting with with cartoons. But um, I was just looking at the list. I was just talking about Scooby Doo. How many knockoffs came out right after Scooby Doo? About a group of kids 
running, you know, running around the, like the country, driving around the country and solving mysteries. It was like one yeah. after that. I don't know if you saw some, some of these. I, was, I wrote down a lot of them that Funky Phantom, and I watched all of these Speed Buggy, <laughs> Captain Caveman, Goober and the Ghost Chasers, Inch High Private Eye, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, Jabberjaw, Nushmu, and they even did the Josie and the Pussycats was the same theme. That, yeah. you know, them going around yeah. solving mysteries. And that's another great theme song, <laughs> by the way. Oh, yeah. I, another one that I could probably sing every word to, and I'm not going to bore or terrify my, <laughs> our audience with, with my renditions. Believe me, you don't want to hear it. But yeah, it, you know, <laughs> you know, look, hey, I watched Josie and the Pussycats. They were, they were, you know, they were, they were hot. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought the same thing then. I was a kid. I thought the same exact thing then. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was too young for it, but I was like, there's something about this that I really like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, that's that's what I remember. So. Oh man, well, yeah, that I mean, it, it's true. It was a was a formula that worked. You know that that's uh, that's the that's that's the thing. And and you had a captive audience, like you said. You got Saturday mornings, and and then all of a sudden it was, you know, there was the the program programming in the seventies after school. You know, th from three o'clock till five o'clock or whatever. You had the cartoon blocks and yep there were numbers of, of of shows that would have like you know like the banana splits and and I love that other too, yeah. other live action I shows and show a, cartoons but right. yeah I, and I know that was an animated show as well but um, it was both right it was a mix yeah there was the live action version and then they would play other mm -hmm. cartoons and sometimes and i did love the banana splits and, yeah yeah so did you i, mean, I gotta ask a couple of others in the 60s now if you watch them there was johnny quest Oh yeah, yeah. Right, that was a good one. I, I enjoyed yeah. that. And wacky races, I enjoyed as well. Yes. Watch that uh -huh. one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I Again, I saw all these later on, but I was like, I, I enjoyed those shows. I really, I really enjoyed everything about those cartoons, like that we mentioned. Well, this is cracking me up because we're just running down titles because that's it's, right. it's like it just it just brings <laughs> up all these memories because there was another. Uh, um, uh, claymation show called Davy and Goliath that I actually oh, yeah, enjoyed. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It was very, you know, it was a lesson-oriented, moralistic show, right. but it was it was lovely, and I and and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, there was. I and, didn't and, realize and, that that was a, like a church-produced show till like later on. I, I watched it also, and I didn't realize it till like. Oh afterwards. yeah, well, you know what? I could tell that it. I at the time for some reason I could tell that it was I didn't know it was actually church produced but I knew they were yeah. teaching you know Christian lessons um, and biblical lessons in in, in the show but it it, it was it, it was very entertaining and it all made sense and it, oh it I was, liked it yes <laughs> it was yeah it was really really fascinating to me um, but uh, yeah and just and just running down more titles Kimba. Kimba the White Lion. I loved that. I never Japanese. saw that. I, I read that. I never saw it. Yeah. Again, another theme song that I could uh, <laughs> I could rattle off, and I'm not going to. Gigantor, the robot. That you I ever saw. see that? I saw, yes. I've seen okay. of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, what those um, those Japanese you, animated. Were you a Mr. Magoo fan or no? Uh no, I I didn't I didn't like that character. <laughs> I mean, he's blind and dumb and 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 rich. Uh, it just was not a combination I was particularly attracted to. <laughs> I, I remember I didn't I did like it. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I but I did like it. Um, I, I went back and watched a couple of episodes, like more as an adult. I was like, okay, <laughs> but I remember liking it as a kid somewhat. But, but was he, was, he, like, was Mr. Magoo a um, a comic strip? Because a lot of these, I don't know. Did, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it might have been because they were like, I know comic strips that turned into cartoons, and I thought maybe Mr. Magoo was was one of them, but I'm I'm not sure. I just didn't know where he came from really originally. Well, the best, I mean, voiced by Jim Backus, so I that that part I liked. I did yeah. like I like did like Jim Backus. <clears throat> so I, it, all right, so if I'm going to move into the '70s a little bit right now. One of the things that I, I loved in the 70s, and it wasn't even, it's listed under the cartoons, but it wasn't really a cartoon. It was like in between the cartoons, but I just loved the Schoolhouse Rock ones. 
came out in the 70s and yeah. i loved everything about that i i, I i've yeah. used i've used them on i i passed tests and no i passed tests in history based on the, the songs yeah. schoolhouse Rock. Mm-hmm. And i was thinking in my mind and i was able to and you know to this day you know i know the preamble to the constitution because of schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, singing. <laughs> well, yeah, my so, basically all all of the grammar I know is from is from Schoolhouse Rock. You know, conjunction, junction. What? Right. Okay, I'm singing. I swear, I promise you guys, I wouldn't sing. <laughs> I, but that, but yeah, th- it was it, it, that. Just it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And yes. who knows where that where that idea came from? It was, you know, maybe a kind of a spinoff concept from um, Sesame Street. In 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 a, in a way of teaching a teaching method, because yeah, the songs, the rhyming. I mean, it's like you know, all all of that was so effective. And and anyone who knows what knows schoolhouse rock, schoolhouse rock probably has the same memories and still remembers all of them too. Yep. You know, the the educational lessons they taught. I went several several years ago. There was a, a schoolhouse rock tour of people singing the songs, and it was great oh my god <laughs> what a great idea so much fun <laughs> oh that's a great a great idea good grief you had all these adults singing along in the audience <laughs> to all these you know uh-huh. cartoon songs <laughs> so it was it was so much fun i would love if they did it again so i would take my my kids who are, who are we don't really kids anymore they're like but i would i would love to take them to that if they came again <laughs> oh that's that's amazing yeah I, I had never heard of that before that would be incredible to see uh, what a couple of other titles. One, I'm sure that you, I was looking at the 70s, like I said, it was really where <clears throat> I came into cartoons. And that was there. You must have loved Star Trek, the cartoon. No, not really. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't quite get into it. It was interesting to hear the original cast voicing the characters, but it was again, it was the it was cast that, and the writers. It was like the same. Ep- it was like an episode. It, I just didn't get into it. I, I don't. Really? I don't. I don't know why. I, I did. I. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't necessarily aware of of that that the same writers, you know, were um were, were involved either. It's something I would like to, I'd say, revisit because I, I I'm sure mm-hmm. I, I know that I watched some episodes, but I just. Yeah, it just didn't really hold my interest that much, and I'm not—I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. Yeah, because you're just like upset about the show not being the show still, or I don't know. No, it just didn't appeal to me. You've got it in animation, and then it's the real show is running in syndication right, pretty in much at the same time. Right. I I prefer to just watch the real show. I was that's where <laughs> the, the real I the real shy. people. I, yeah, I thought for sure that you would be like, oh yeah, I love that one. I love that one. <laughs> no, so, I knew you. Were, I knew you were going to bring it up, and I knew you were going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ones in the seventies? I'll, I'll list some of mine after. But what are some of the other ones in the seventies that you did like? Were you I, still into cartoons at that point? Or I no? was not. I mean, see, this is this is when I looked. When I started looking, I, I thought I was still watching the older stuff and not really watching. You started any- working by then already. Oh yeah, well I would yeah definitely I was working I was a you know I was a a young teen you know preteen teen in high school in the seventies so I just was no longer really watching that kind of entertainment I I mean this is going to sound like so arrogant but I all I wanted to do was get a job voicing one you know that that was my goal I, I even didn't then what, in the seventies too that's what you, oh yeah really, you oh yeah about that? yeah because they were big they were big. Um, you know, just being pragmatic, they were big money gigs. Um, if you got a hit cartoon going, you those people made so much money. I mean, a successful Hanna-Barbera series was a very lucrative, very lucrative deal. And they were hard to get into um, because the voiceover people that dominated the 70s and the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, they all, they were all the same voices and all the, all practically all the cartoons except for some of the feature voices so and even and then and then in the in in the late 70s and early 80s the cartoons i don't want to jump ahead here because i'm sure you've got other 70s cartoons you want to talk about but they became extremely commercialized it it was no longer about entertainment it was about selling toys so it was this paradigm shift in the entire 
television animation market that again we'll 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 pick that up in a minute. So I I don't I I I I didn't really have any um contemporary cartoons that I watched in in the 70s. Just the same ones that uh I had been watching. Just you did uh, just I'll, I'll skip ahead here too. But you did do voice voices in cartoons later on, didn't you? I mean Yes. Yeah, I have probably half a dozen um credits uh and one I, I i did pick up and this was in the early 80s um i got a regular role on a brand new cartoon called the ring raiders and um again this is going back to this whole um commercialism thing that was mm -hmm. happening in in animation it really started with a company called Saban Entertainment and they were they just they just what they did was they purchased Japanese animation and then revoiced it with American actors. Um, so mm. there was very little expense in terms of, you know, they were already produced and things like Transformers and and all those right. shows were originally just Japanese cartoons. Um maybe not that one, maybe there were other ones, but but I I I think I'm right about it. But anyway, um that became the Saturday morning block with things like My Little Pony and and these 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 other animated series geared towards children. And all they did was run commercials for the toys from the show that <laughs> you were watching. So if you're watching Transformers, mm -hmm. every commercial was your Transformers toys, same as My right. Little Pony and all these others. And this gradually started to really catch on. And um, kind of the reason why those those gigs, those jobs, those animation jobs were so profitable was because they would do very limited numbers of episodes, maybe 10 or 15, and then they just ran them over and over and over and over again. So the residuals were massive. Um, wow. And then, you know, as long <clears throat> as the toys were doing well, the show was going to be on the air. Um, uh, the GoBots was a Hanna Barbera production, and I I didn't do that entire run, but I did voice. Um, gosh, I forget the character's name, in in it uh, during the last season, and also the movie that came out. I I voiced the young character in it. There was another another young actor by the name of Sparky Marcus that started doing the 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 voice for that character and ended up stopping. I don't know why he stopped, and I mm -hmm. came in to replace him, but. I had been gunning for something for a long time because I thought, because it's just easy. You go in for an hour, you you record two or three episodes and you're out and you're, it, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so much fun and it's so much fun. But I, I, I ended up booking one a show called um, Ring Raiders and we were going to record 10 or 12 episodes, I believe it was. It was all the big name voiceover talent was there. Um, and I was well, just, I was... I, I can't remember all of their names. I can't. I'd have to look up, look them up mm -hmm. um, on IMDb because I just don't remember. But but it was it was just part of that core group of really really talented voiceover actors that that um, that were voicing these characters. So here we are recording all this stuff, and then the producer said, "Okay, um, we just like one day he just said, just so you guys know how big we anticipate this show being, you need to take a trip to Toys R Us." And we all looked at each other and thought, what are you talking about? I mean, the show hadn't even come on the air. We were just recording it. They were still doing the animation. They said, go to Toys R Us. So I go to my local Toys R Us and I walk towards the middle of the store. And all of a sudden I turn down an aisle and the entire, an entire aisle. And if people don't Ring know Raiders. Toys R Us, it was all Ring Raiders merchandise. I mean, from the figures to the dolls to, and Ring Raiders was this group of characters where we have these powerful rings. And when we needed to fight crime, we, I don't know, drew upon the power of the ring. And then we all turned into these, these fighter, fighter jets um, that would then go, you know, come out the bad, the bad guys. So there were the planes and then the coloring books and the games. And then it was just like, I looked and I said, all I could say to myself was, I'm going to be freaking rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited. And then literally, as this happens so many times in show business and in many other aspects of any adventure like this, 
because these cartoons were purely commercials for products right. and had yes. no entertainment value whatsoever, a huge consortium of parents in the United States got together and started to wow. <laughs> started to harass the F the FCC saying our children are just watching garbage just so you can sell, they can sell toys. We right. want them to have something to watch. And they actually got the FCC to change its rules. And from that point forward, you could no longer release a toy and then produce a cartoon to sell the toy. You had to create an original cartoon that had entertainment value. And when it was successful, you could then really? bring out toys. Yep. It was a huge deal. It was one of the biggest victories for, for parents, um, really in terms of what their kids were being were consuming in United States history. It was a very big deal. And the decision came down from the FCC that you could no longer do that while we record while we were recording our 10th um, episode of Ring Raiders. And they just started to air the show. They aired four episodes and it was canceled because of this federal Wow. FCC decision and so the rest of the episodes were never aired but we did do um they I think they did the pilot episode they released it on VHS as an animated you know home entertainment um movie which I actually have a copy of in, in my collection not not behind me here but uh so yeah so <laughs> I'm digressing back to my career um even though we're talking about cartoons because it was such a fascinating I going back and looking at the history of televised cartoons, how it was all adult oriented. Then it shifted into capturing kids' attention, but capturing their attention for the sole purpose of selling product, not to entertain them, you know, with a half hour block of, well, I, of just, cartoons. I just looked it up. You're, you're, first of all, it came out in 89, which makes it, you had Roscoe Lee Brown in it too. It's great. Now, did yeah. you, do you, do you uh, record with the others or you just recorded your part solo no we all they... we all recorded together that was um that was what made it so fun uh for for television animation yes we recorded as a group it would be a circle of you know That's music cool. stands with our with our scripts in front of us and chairs if we wanted to sit in or we could stand whatever we wanted to do but it was a circle of, of people with microphones going all the way around and um we would just go back and forth and do our lines. It was a, a grueling, very, very actually grueling process because, um, yeah, animation performance has to be 10 times bigger than a live action performance, which is usually more subtle, even if it's overt and comical or, or whatever. You really have to pour a great deal of energy and punch your words and make certain lines you know, if it's exciting, you've, you've got, you got to go so over the top and it's, it's the director, the animation director is there trying to push you and push you and push you and push you. So we'd go around and be one line, my line, then this line, then that line, then come back to my line. If my line would, if it wasn't enough for the director, he'd say one more time, more energy, one more time, more energy. And then you, you just keep doing the line over and over and over again until he said, okay, good, moving on. Then the next person would do theirs. And so they would have an hour's worth of like, you know, hour, hour and a half worth of audio that then they had to cut together into into the show so it was but it was amazing to work on i mean these people were absolutely in, in, incredible well it's i i think first of all i think voiceover artists are, are like fantastic i think it's all the little like you just said all the little takes they do getting you know the the emotion out the inflections what's needed in the scene and just making all the all the, the characters fun so yeah. i mean i'm glad you got to do that that's why you know i enjoyed so much when richard horvitz was on the same thing because you know all these great cartoons that you know you, you see all the work that goes into them oh yeah I, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, lot of respect it, yeah it's a lot but you know part part of the um the spread out from the saturday morning came in like you were talking about when you know, cable television finally came around and and you know yeah uh, Disney was doing their programming and then right. Warner Brothers was doing their programming and then Cartoon Network suddenly came around and and you had a 24-7 opportunity to to consume consume animation which I think is amazing and I still think one of you know from from an adult 
an adult programming uh, standpoint, I think Cartoon Network's Adult Swim block at night is still one of the most brilliant, um, brilliant groups yep. of, 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 of just TV shows, period. I mean, it happens to be animation. Amazing shows that I truly loved. I don't really watch it anymore. I used to watch it quite a bit, um, you know, uh, uh, not too long ago. But uh, it's really amazing how, you know, and I, th and I think I, I think the FCC was right. I think they needed to, to do that to reinvigorate um, creativity. You know, sometimes you have to be shut down when you're going one direction in order to open up and, and start to do something that's, that's more valuable. Well, you came, cause you came on after the, probably the biggest, the biggest one of that, of, that did that genre was like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Oh yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, the, the tw and Transformers too. Yeah. But it was just, no, He-Man really, when that yeah. Yeah. No, that, that show rode that, that golden age of, of 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 toydom and commercialism in a, in a huge way you know absolutely and right that's because i remember at the time just thinking this is and i i was already a little bit a little bit older i think when he-man came out but I, st I still watched it i enjoyed it but i loved the character skeletor and everything but it was yeah it was just it was a, the commercial for the toy and that a lot of the cartoons and like you said in the 80s that's exactly what it was. It was just commercials for toys. And first mm -hmm. of all, how stupid was Skeletor that you know that could not see He-Man was Prince Adam? It's just, <laughs> you know, it's the same. there was no, not even the change yeah. in anything. It's just let me take off my shirt and now I'm He-Man. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You uh -huh. know, not 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 a, a really bright villain, but um but yeah, I, I enjoy it. But all those things and, and like even the Smurfs to an extent. This although the Smurfs was like. A comic strip first but yeah it was like all these cartoons based on other things not original cartooning yeah yeah but yeah no no definitely and 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 again made made a lot of companies very 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 wealthy i mean it's you know yes, it's so true. it's so funny because i used to think i think why why is a parent upset I mean, you know, the shows weren't completely devoid. I didn't think they were completely devoid of entertainment value because, I mean, you know, how much different, um, you know, Scooby-Doo or mysteries and you have the action animation shows where they're, you know, good versus evil and, and all of that stuff. Um, to, to me, they still had some redeeming value on their own without the commercialism side, but kids kids want to buy things they're familiar with. You know, they, they, yep. they don't want to, they don't want dolls and toys that they, they don't know. Um, so I, I, I didn't see the problem with it, but I was never a parent. So I didn't, I, <laughs> I, um, I couldn't fully appreciate what, um, what they were, what they were trying to do. But uh, yeah, it really, it was a paradigm shift in the industry for sure. Moving Before away from we that. go back to the seventies, which, which we skipped a whole decade, I just got to ask what what was Roscoe Lee Brown like? Because I love, I think he was great, great actor. Oh, so he was, yeah, he he was he he was a, <laughs> he was just as um, suave and dapper and um, sophisticated sounding as as he was in all the characters he played. He was just a, he was a lovely man, really great lovely man. Voice and, too. Yes. Oh, I was just gonna say, Absolutely. like an amazing voice. He didn't have to do anything; he just spoke. <laughs> <laughs> well all right so let's get back to the 70s because we skipped and there, there was there was a few bunch of others that i, I did watch at the time that you know, we said star trek with the main cast there was partridge family with the original cast too. the partridge family 2200 ad with the original cast <laughs> except for david cassidy and shirley jones which i watched and but i loved his super friends i loved during that era um what else dastardly and Mutley came out during the 70s you also had uh, Laugh Olympics. I don't, you didn't watch any of these, right? <laughs> so I loved all of these. Yeah, the Dastardly one I did watch. Yes, I, I, I came across that one, and I would I would watch that one. But yeah, I, yeah, you're you're you. It's going to be the Jonathan show now because you're running down <laughs> titles I, I don't yeah don't know anything about. You also had Fat Albert. And, yep. And oh look, gosh, yes, oh, of course. Yes. Now, fat, fat, I can't even look at Fat Albert the same way now because of Cosby. But I can't. I really can't. Yeah. But yeah. It was. Yeah. 
it was I enjoyed the cartoon at the time. And it's it's another thing, you know, you try to separate the the artists from the work. And I did enjoy the cartoon, but it's like, you know, how could this this guy that's so full of family values and entertainment be this other person too? So it's that's one yeah. of the things that bother me when I look back at Fat Albert now. Oh yeah, well you can't you really can't help yourself. I mean that's that's I uh, I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but you also had cartoons. The, the Jacksons had their cartoons. The Osmonds had their cartoons. Um, Groovy Ghoulies, which you probably didn't watch either. It's a monster one. Mm, no, nope. remember that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> And here's some of the others that I, I did like at the, the decade. I, I watched, you know, the amazing Chan and the Chan clan, which would probably never get on today. Because, you know, <laughs> so, never, never get on. But I enjoyed that because of more mystery solving. I love mystery solving cartoons, as you can tell. So there were so many. Well, that, that, yeah, that, the mysteries engaged you, you know, it engaged yeah. your thinking. You, you, you know, there was always the... You, you know, it was it was very all all of those. Even the one I can say I, probably about the ones I've not seen. You know, you've got you the bad guys enter. You know, the villain is introduced in the beginning, and you just have to figure out who it is, and by virtue right. of the clues. So it, at least it 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 had you thinking about uh, what was going on, other than just watching something something happening. So right. I, I get the appeal of those completely. I'll say the clues were not always you know there it's like the clues of like the, the protagonist at the end you know so oh well here's why it is and the clues were not always there in the package oh okay the well kid. you couldn't okay you couldn't I, I stand on. i stand corrected <laughs> <laughs> not all not always but it was it was still fun for me just watching those things but still, like i said that and oh and hong kong fooey how can i forget hong kong fooey another oh i remember so, hong kong fooey yeah i remember that one yeah <laughs> And, but it was that, that was the decade that I really just sat in front of the TV. I just did not move on on Saturday mornings. You know, I, I was like, and really, we did not have the VCR or VCR or anything like that. It was before VCRs, so that was that was one of the conundrums. Which you had three networks of cartoons. Which one do I watch? Which one do I sacrifice? You know, yeah. it's like I, you could not watch all of them. You could not record something for later on. It yeah. you watched it and that was it. So you you had to you had to make really a, a like a corporate decision or an executive decision which one I'm going to <laughs> take it. God, <laughs> yeah, that must have been tough. <laughs> it was. It, it was terrible. So, but that was it. But that, that, like I said, that was that was the main era for me. That's what I think of with the, with the Saturday morning cartoons for the most part, like being a kid. Uh, and I mentioned to you, like, we moved away to another, you know, we moved away, I was 79, moved to Israel, came back in 81. So I was a little bit older, but, you know, I still, so I was already like coming into a teen. I was a teen then, but I still, I, I made sure to watch cartoons. And by the 80s, you were not watching them at all, pretty much, except no. you were in one. I mean, but. No, no, I, I really wasn't. I would, you know, I would check them out occasionally just to be up up to speed to a certain extent on, on you know, what was on the air. So I, 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 I was aware of it. Um, but no, I, 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 you know, yeah. By then, oh. I wasn't watching a lot of television at all, actually. Um, I mostly went to movies. That was my primary, my primary thing. Um, back then i mean i did watch some television i can't say i didn't um but yeah no i, I was done with cartoons yeah <laughs> so because i was looking at the 80s list here and I'll, I'll mention some of them so because i i think like i said even though like that was the 70s was the height for me i think my favorite cartoons came about in the 80s mm. <laughs> i was already a teen and i still oh. i still watched i like i said i didn't move i still watched them all i, I see here like you know, DuckTales, Dungeons and Dragons, Muppet Babies, you know, it was it was on Inspector Gadget. <laughs> and which are the other ones there? Well, we, we mentioned He-Man. You also had other toy ones, Thundercats and Care Bears, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, what One I did love, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which, you know, Kathy Garver was in, which we interviewed. So all those were like, I think that was like, uh, even though, like I said, the 70s was, my main time watching, the 80s were my favorite cartoon. 
Well, what was, I mean, what is the overall appeal of, because that's, you consumed a lot, a whole lot. What was it that drew you to? I watched. Again, you know, I thought, I thought the stories got better and more sophisticated to me, at least in the 80s, uh-huh. um, the 80s cartoons. I, I thought it wasn't, even though like, you know, cartoons, you think of it's for kids. I did think the stories were interesting. The plots were much more interesting than beforehand. So that's that's one of the things that I, I did like, you know, and I was, like I said, I was already a teen. I, I was like, you know, 13 on in the eighties. And so it it was, and I still watched, I still watched cartoons. I, I didn't leave and it was like, you know, and I, I didn't care who knew it. I was not, I was not embarrassed. <laughs> I was watching these cartoons since <laughs> Saturday mornings. Well, it's, I mean, great. I mean, that, that's, that's absolutely awesome. I mean, huge, obviously huge. You've got a great career as a result of all of your consumption of all, all, all of this material. It, 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 it's, and I think that's the other thing that I, I like, I like about it, hearing stories about people who, yes, they did. They allowed themselves and to go ahead and immerse in themselves in, in these worlds when all of a sudden you then you draw from that in in the creative pursuits that you then decide to to, to take up as an adult. I say the general you um, when you right. when you go down these roads. I mean, you know, for the longest time, video games was was such a you know it was something that parents tried to dissuade their children from playing or limit the amount of time they play them. And you know, working in video games because you had a love for it today is one of the most lucrative professions you can get into i mean it's you absolutely know, so so the, the entire entire um industries have cropped up because of because of our youthful uh enjoyment of of this type of entertainment and so i think it's amazing being un- unapologetic about it is perfectly no. perfectly acceptable to me so you <laughs> so once once you were like an adult you did you watch have you watched any cartoons like you know 90s on at all or no I can't say I have. I mean, I just. I didn't even like Simpsons or South Park or things. South Park, I did. Oh, God. Okay. All right. I have a great South Park story for you. And I have a great Simpsons story for you. Um, I saw. Okay. I was at Disney Studios working, working on an ADR job. And um, the, the, the engineer, the recordist, the gentleman who sits in the booth and sets all the levels and makes sure our recordings sound crisp, clear, and perfect. Um, and he's still there today. Uh, his name is Doc Kane. And he used to come across the most obscure things uh, that, that he would then play for us. And uh, you know, during when we have a break, he'd say, hey, guys, you want to listen to this or you want to see this? And um, one day, I don't remember what film we were working on, but um, one day we were breaking for lunch and he said, listen, you guys, you're breaking for lunch. I'm putting up a reel of something that I think anybody who might be interested in it needs to needs to just take a look at it. But you don't have to, you know, this is not part of our day's work. I just wanted to share something with you guys. And so I thought, what the heck, this has got to be something. So I sat, I stayed behind. <laughs> Well, he ended up playing what was, is now everyone has seen it, but the original five minute little um, oh, yes. South Park, you know, the, the G- Jesus Christ versus right, Santa right, right. Claus fight. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, the impact of seeing something so um, profound, so genius mm-hmm. and so amazing for the very first time when you have no context for it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it came from. And it was just this five minute short film that just assaulted my senses like nothing I had ever seen before. And it was their original paper, you know, paper cutout animation of that, of, of, of that little story. And when it was over, I mean, the few people who hung around and it was mostly guys, I don't know why it was guys, the girls that weren't interested. We were laughing hysterically and thinking, my God, what the heck is this? And Doc ended up telling us that this videotape had been passed all over Hollywood. One of them ended up at the studio. Somebody ended up giving it to him. He watched it and thought it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. And it turned out that was that was the origins of how South Park got picked up as a series, because I believe the 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 story goes 
George Clooney saw it somehow. George Clooney financed the all of the reproductions of this show of this little short on VHS, wow. and it was instrumental in helping those guys send it out to everyone. They just sent it everywhere. Just said, just and just said, just watch this. <laughs> and they ended up getting their deal, and the less is, the rest is 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 history. Um, I loved South Park. I did. I watched it pretty religiously. But see, that's an adult cartoon. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it's 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 on in the later the later night block. I mean, um, um, I kind of some of the titles of the other shows I I, I did like to like watch on Adult Rick Swim. And Morty. Escaping me. Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. I just think yes. that's genius. <laughs> Absolute genius. Futurama. Love Futurama. Oh, I love um, Futurama as well. Loved it. Yes. I didn't get into The Simpsons very much, but I auditioned for The Simpsons. I auditioned for really, every, yeah, everyone in Hollywood auditioned for The Simpsons. Wow. So that's, that's not anything terribly, um, terribly unique, uh, because it, it was a weird. It was the weirdest audition I've ever been on. It did make sense to me. No one could explain what The Simpsons was. They couldn't tell you what they wanted from you as a voice. They just they just said, you know, just read the dialogue and you know, do do whatever you want. <laughs> and I had no idea what to do. It was a horrible audition. I was terrible, absolutely terrible. But the interesting thing about it is that um, Nancy Cartwright, who clearly, obviously, uh, became Bart Simpson, mm -hmm. I used to work with in ADR. So she and I worked oh, on wow. several several movies together. I knew her back before she. You know, when she was uh, a quote unquote struggling actress, like everyone was a struggling actor back, you know, you know, starting their careers. And um, all of a sudden I see her name up there as Bart Simpson. I thought, oh, my God, good for her. And I didn't know how gifted she was as a voiceover talent. Right. She was very good as a looper. And um, I really enjoyed working with her. But I didn't know she did these amazing voices and so uh, i worked with her before she got it i auditioned for the stinking <laughs> show totally confused everyone was confused everyone was looking at their copy going i they, they would come out and say i don't know what they want i don't know what they want i don't know what they want and uh of course the rest is history there also all of we were all baffled by what what matt groaning Groening groaning was trying right. to do but he knew what he was trying to do and they knew what they wanted when they heard it and you know of course it's an it's an amazing show i just didn't watch it very regularly i watched it more i, I stopped watching it you know recent years but I, I did watch it religiously for a while very detained that you know i don't know why i stopped at all no no particular reason just you know i haven't watched it in the last few years i have started watching you know my son did get me into rick and morty so I started, he, he 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 loves that show uh, in the two thousand, and he also loves Ben Ten, which we discussed in another episode. Yeah. But uh, my daughter loved this uh, the series Avatar. I don't know if you've seen that one either, early two thousands one. No, no, I have never it heard of it. Actually, yeah. really? So yeah, she loves, So it's funny in the two thousands, like you know, all the all the ones that you know my kids are now like looking back at that time is their their golden. Age of, of cartoons. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like 20, 30 years before then. So. Well, I, I in in the little bit of um, additional research I did for for today's show, looking up the Flintstones, because um, I just wanted to know what years it was on the air because it was just always on the air to me. So it, it I thought it, yeah. I thought it was originally in uh, the broadcast. Um, the the original broadcast ran longer than it actually did, but. There was a little side note in there that said that um, the the Simpsons is the only um, animated series that has now run longer and been more financially successful than the Flintstones. The Flintstones was the most oh, wow. financially successful, longest running, and I'm, I, I guess they have to say it in longest running in terms of how long it had been consistently on the air in syndication because it certainly didn't. Right. It was only six six seasons of episodes, but has been on the air for so long, and now The Simpsons finally is the only show that's overtaken it. Well, it's funny because I was about to say that you know, just as we were just talking about it, I don't know how many kids now, and I know it's such a popular what it at least was, would know the Flintstones or the Jetsons now. I don't yeah. know if it's on so much anymore for kids to know it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I definitely. I don't either. And it's such a, you know, it's such a big iconic show. And I don't know that 
a lot of kids would know it now, which yeah. is sad to yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, it, it, so holds, up this, it yeah. holds up to this day. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I still love the shows. I, you know, if I'll, if I'll see it and I, but I don't see it. And that's the thing. I don't see them on anymore, really. And maybe if you had to go to like the Cartoon Network or something, or Boomerang actually might have them, but I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't see them like regularly on the air yeah. at all. So yeah. there, I, I got to ask now, okay, so which, if we were talking now, we, we mentioned a little bit before, it doesn't have to be the best of what you think is the best cartoon of all time, your favorites, which, which is your Mount Rushmore of cartoons, your four that you would put on the Mount Rushmore of quarter, cartoons. Ike Eisenman's oh. favorites. <laughs> Gumby, the Flintstones. Um, and I have to say uh, the Looney Tunes, uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons. And, and then I'm going to throw Tom and Jerry in there just because I loved watching that show so much. <laughs> oh, all, so all four from, from uh, the deck. You, I mean, you're picking all the classics. Now I'm going to feel stupid. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, no, I'm probably picking no, I mean, all classics. <laughs> you set up, the, you set up the rules. I'm just yes. following them. <laughs> yeah, my... I think my four that I'd put on there is, you know, definitely Scooby-Doo. Uh, I would put on there DuckTales. I love that. So, so I loved it so much. And I still, still love it when I see. Um, and my all-time favorite is going to be there, which I saw as an adult. And it's about Phineas and Ferb is my <laughs> all-time favorite cartoon. <laughs> I, I've never loved the cartoon as much as that. It cracks me up every single time I watch it. And it's, I love Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> it just kills me. And I, I, it's one of those things that, you know, having kids was my excuse for putting it on. And I would sit there and a lot of times and I'm, I realize I'm watching it. My kids have left the room like a long time ago. <laughs> I'm still watching <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the, here's my fourth. And again, it's, I don't think it's like looked at in, you know, with reverence by a lot of people, but it was one of my fav- favorites. I loved the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Mm. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much, so much growing up. And I think it was not on very long, but I did enjoy it that much that I, uh, that I still look back. And I bought another one that I bought the DVD complete series as well. Awesome. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so that's it but i know i think we covered i think we covered a, a lot of them there's a lot that we left out but oh my um, God. yeah it's amazing how many titles um were just just throughout the 60s i didn't even really look up all the all the titles that 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 uh hit the the airwaves showing our age again in the but, 70s but yeah <laughs> my gosh there was so much content being produced it was amazing again i i wish i missed those that saturday morning that you know that excitement for saturday morning there too but you know it's a different time now sure yeah there you go (laughs) well let us know in the comments let us know uh, what some of your favorites what we missed what we if you agree disagree and uh what your favorites were and again this has been pop culture retro with ike eisenman and jonathan rosen and Thanks for watching and please subscribe. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro, where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast.